On this episode of The Oddcast, we bring you news of musical theatre movies that have hit the screen, the outcome of the Tony Awards, a host of local news, and answers to the question that we posed last week. What are the best musical theatre performances in Ireland you've ever seen? This is The Oddcast. Welcome to the Oddcast, Ireland's musical theatre podcast. My name is Keen O'Dowd and you are listening to the show that brings you the latest news and opinion, not just from Broadway and the West End, but from right here at home on the Irish musical theatre scene. I am, as always, joined by my radiant co-hosts, Daniel Ryan and Adam Trundle. You're too kind. Oh, that's very You're too kind. I know. Well, I I'm wanted to continue the trend that I started last week of positivity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel that rolling out of the year and a half that we've had, I wanted to inject a little bit of that compliment maybe into the opening. Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, Just it'll build also, you up. It'll make a good segment in about, you know, five, five six episodes time when you're absolutely tearing shreds out of us again. And we'll be like, oh, remember, yeah. when, remember when they were lovely words and that's so... <laughs> I felt so positive and buoyed up and I, I felt That's I could go out into the world and do whatever I wanted. I've That's come at this with a fresh slate. Mm. I see you with new eyes uh, and ultimately it's up to you whether you want to dash those renewed hopes that I have for you. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say that's very pessimistic, Dan, straight out. Like, like when this ends, which it will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler, spoiler yeah. alert, it will end. Yeah, that's okay though. I mean, we're a people used to disappointment yeah. in musical theatre, yes. aren't we? yes. Well, certainly recently. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Go on. Tell me. What hurt you? What hurt me? Yeah. What hurt? Well, tell the listeners your pain. <laughs> My pain. Well, actually, I'm, well, keep it to just musical theater because oh. I think if we branch out into the other areas of we your life that are falling that. apart, we'll be. Oh. Whew, don't know if anybody's got six hours for that. No, sorry. I, 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 I misre- <laughs> and you'll be denying mis- a psychotherapist <laughs> a good payday. I completely yeah. misread the situation. <laughs> musical theater is totally fine. Everything else is. <laughs> no, I jest, I jest. Obviously, I mean, like what we talked before, we built it up for this episode, but um, obviously diving into the world of musicals turned into movies. Mm. Um, because I think we, I think towards the end of season one, we had talked about, obviously, the trailer for West Side Story, yes. which is coming out in December. That and had turned up and that looked really positive. We were getting, you know, all the goose pimples, et cetera, et cetera. Indeed. I had in several. That- <laughs> multiple mm. um and then we also talked about in the heights which had been you oh know, it was so good it was so good it was yeah. kinda like, oh and I, I remember we talked about this like oh maybe now we're coming back to you know a golden age yeah. back to the, like the 1950s yeah. era of movie musicals that yeah. those mgm classics yes. that everybody loves and everybody still watches and they're still huge hits and you can put them out in the middle of a sunday on rte or the bbc and everybody sits down and watches them the exactly. guys and dolls and the oh. seven brides for actually i'm not sure if seven brides was mgm but anyway it definitely wasn't but it was <laughs> but, great but it was great Still nonetheless class. yeah and like yeah it, we it call them mgm movie yeah, musicals but actually genre. all of yeah. as kind of a genre but actually you know paramount and all those companies kind of got into the the game so mm. to speak yeah and yeah getting back to that kind of year as opposed to i suppose modern day movie musicals which are just a bit more they're few and far between yeah they're few well. and far between and the mm. ones are clearly a cash grab they're yeah. not actually that good. 
But, but that changed fairly quickly, didn't it? That was that lasted a fun five minutes. <laughs> oh, that those sunny uphills where yeah. we thought things were really going to be back to that golden heyday. Yeah. Yes, it's like I- in Toy Story three, knowing they're like, oh, it's the light. But it's actually just the furnace that they're actually falling into. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. Ouch. Yeah. So tell us, in specific, what has gone wrong? Well, I don't know. Well, we we talked before about Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, Dear Evan Hansen is mm. is the the big culprit. So that that yeah. obviously is the adaptation of the stage show, mm. uh, and it features a Ben Platt playing a high school boy. You know, um, Evan Hansen. And he no more looks like he should be yeah. in high school now than, than... For someone who looked like a child for most... Of his adult life, yeah. yeah. Just the way they've mm. styled him. Whatever they've they, done. Yeah, and also, um, a lot of people are realising that maybe the story in Dear Evan Hansen is not as as good as... Yeah, as so shortly <laughs> after the musical came out, I think people on musical theatre for and things like that started saying, huh, maybe, maybe it's not that... Maybe he's not that good of a guy or that yeah. decent of a hero mm. and i think when you blow that up onto a silver screen maybe that becomes a little more apparent i yeah. just want to read out a quote from the new york times review of the movie <laughs> nice. by jeanette katsoulis she says treacly and manipulative dear evan hansen turns villain into victim and grief into exploitable vulnerability wow it made me cringe Fair, fair. And worse than all that, it made me cringe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's worst crime of all. Yeah, but I, I think, I think apart from the fact that you maybe look at the character of Evan Hansen and think perhaps they're not worthy of support or not worthy of Mm -hmm. rooting for, it just doesn't seem to be a very good movie. Yeah, outside of all of that. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to be a particularly well-made piece. It's down at like a 40 on Metacritic, wow. which is not good. Yeah, I think it were. I don't know why. It, it, I think it works maybe in like a live theater setting. I don't know why. Maybe just the the emotion, the intent behind it. Like, you know, you can, I don't know. You just feel it a bit more. I just think when you, a, a lot of these things, you know, for most musicals, when you try to translate them into a movie, when you put them mm-hmm. onto a screen, you lose that, I suppose, seeing the kind of human side to it nearly like you know you lose that you're kind of like oh no you're just being a dick now yeah, you're just yeah. Being a dick. also yeah. have they changed the ending slightly i think as I, well. I think they cut one of the songs in which evan hansen expresses all his remorse and guilt about the things that he's done that maybe aren't so good yeah they cut that song so, uh, so, that so basically now possibly feels like a piece of catharsis that should be in a film yeah yeah, yeah you, you know? would think so now, yeah, even more, of, even more so in a film. That feels like the thing they would have added to a film to be like, yeah. oh, we, need to, we need to round this guy out a bit more. <laughs> like, yeah, you need to kind of accept that he's done something yeah. wrong. Yeah, here. so he, he kind of comes to that conclusion off screen, which is incredibly yeah. unsatisfying, seemingly. But even, you know, the many crimes of Evan Hansen does not compare to the many crimes of the new Cinderella film. This yes. Uh, yes. is one of the. the I, I'm, slew I'm afraid of modern, so. Um, yeah. Rather than a pumpkin turning into a golden carriage is in fact the other way around Just in this film in that a staple <laughs> beautiful ip has been decimated <laughs> by uh, kimia cabello and co yeah. uh, in the latest iteration yes. of cinderella now cinderella is frequently the subject of musicals i think every town village hamlet in the country has seen a cinderella panto yeah. over the years but it was the feature of a very 
well known, certainly at the time, Rogers and Hammerstein adaptation, yes. which mm-hmm. first appeared on TV, live on TV. Yeah, bizarre. It um, the first live stream it, musical. It was actually sixty years before the rest <laughs> of us caught up. <laughs> It was Julie so, Andrews, wasn't Julie it? Julie Andrews. Yes, um, it was. Julie Andrews starring, and it was at the time the most viewed television uh, event in American history. Wow! It wow. was surpassed later by the moon landing, but that's how. But this was, I think, nineteen fifty-one. I mean, it was huge. Jesus! It was absolutely huge, and it's had a kind of off, on again, off again relationship with the West End, and, and mm-hmm. it didn't really hit Broadway. I think until two thousand nine, in in a revised format mm-hmm. with a new book, but. That was reasonably well known. And then obviously we have the Andrew Lloyd Webber, Cinderella, his brand new musical, which has yes. just mm-hmm. come out on the West End. And it's actually getting pretty good reviews. Mm. Yeah. Um, but not, not from Disney this, one, not from this podcast, well. but from, not, you know. not from this podcast, but from other but from lesser sources. Critics, yeah. <laughs> yeah, perhaps less yeah. seasoned, yeah. more willing to kind of to buy into the Yeah, they wanted the hype. a free ticket, they felt obliged. Yeah. Look, that, yeah. That's yeah. fair enough, really. <laughs> but what, uh, what this particular musical adaptation of Cinderella has turned out to be is less than brilliant. And because I'm in the humor of sharing quotes from critics, mm-hmm. I am going to draw up uh, Johnny uh, Oleksinski's from the New York Post, where he writes, writer-director Kay Cannon has shattered Cinderella's glass slipper, <laughs> and we, the audience, are forced to walk across the shards mm. barefoot. <laughs> Doesn't get much worse than that, does nice. it? Nice. That Three is, stars. That is pretty... <laughs> <laughs> Three out of five. Still Seven out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> Still yeah. somehow better than Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know. Well, I think we might have mentioned it before, but I think, first of all, you know, the fact that it's not... Original. I, I, they did not. They yeah. did not post that it was a jukebox mm. in Correct. any way, shape, or, or form. release the soundtrack prior to the film coming yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, like that's a real telltale mm-hmm. sign now. It is unfortunate. You've got a, you've got a show full of songs people already know. Well, the best way is well, let's release some songs from it and get people hyped about it. So if you if you felt the need as a producer to keep them under wraps, straight away I'm like, what are you hiding? Yeah. yeah. What, are you, what are you keeping on there? And, and I think if people are particularly interested in a sense of schadenfreude, you can go online and you can find clips of less than stellar vocal performances, mm-hmm. which somehow made it into the final cut of what yeah. we can assume Fairly was a pretty budget. high budget movie. Yeah. 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 In particular, I think the one people probably be famous with from TikTok is like that. It cut yeah. it in the middle. Am I wrong? And it's yes. uh, Kamenek and just a dreadful vocal. <laughs> and it's like if that like I, was that the did they not have budget for re- a retake, for a retake yeah. you know was yeah. it was it a one one shot and that was it kind of thing because that's True. the only way you could explain that staying in it was dreadful. and again people in glass houses can't throw stones I certainly wouldn't have done better yeah but but you also, wouldn't have done worse I wouldn't have been cast yeah so. <laughs> And paid least the handsome, of all as Cinderella. Yeah, yeah, and paid the handsome salary. We can assume. We can assume. Yeah. Also, anything that has like James A. Castor, Ramesh Ranganathan, and, and James Beckett, Corden yeah. and Rob Eckert in it at all, and they're I mean, playing mice. Is yeah. It? yeah. Though, like, there is something interesting about that James Corden thing because I have seen a conspiracy theory during the rounds that he has witnessed some movie producer of movie musicals. He's seen something shady. Oh, he has, sees photos, and yeah. he has blackmailed yeah. because there has not been a movie musical put out in the last you know five years that he's not in it feels yeah. like he's in all of them and he's also apparently going to be in the new wicked film that's coming out that he's going to be is it the 
the doctor I can't remember what the character's name oh the, the oh yes uh, doctor oh. dilly uh, yeah Dil- so I, I think the future doctor looks- dill <laughs> he is definitely not doctor dill doctor yeah. dillamond I, I cannot I remember. Think that's right. I think I'm. I think yeah. I'm hanging on there. I've glossed over a large portion of that musical. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, the future is looking. Well, you'll dim. do it again. I will. <laughs> future looking dim for movie musical adaptations. Yeah, but, but I mean, surely, surely we can at least turn to the pro shot because the last really good pro shot we got out was Hamilton, and it was. Fabulous on Disney Plus. Anybody who wasn't signed up to Disney Plus and had an interest in musicals was getting subscribed to watch that, and it was well worth the admission fee. Mm. It was. Really, really good. Now, we have a brand new one out, don't we? We have two. So the answer is yes and no to your question. I do enjoy nuance in a response. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Multi-layered. So I will take the yes, and I will let Dan, Mr. Negativity, take the no. Fair enough. He is (laughs) well-renowned for it. Yeah. So if you want a good you know, musical experience on your TV screen at mm-hmm. home, go and watch the Come From Away Pro Shot that yes, is on Apple sir. TV. I think you can rent it without having an actual Apple TV subscription, but I think it's five euro a month for an Apple TV subscription, which you could then cancel. So, I see. you know, it'll, it'll be cheap to watch Come From Away. You can line the pockets of, of Apple, but, you know, it'll be well worth your time. have to line time. the pockets of somebody. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. the Come From Away Pro Shot is fantastic. Uh, I saw it in the Abbey when it was here before it moved to London. As did I. It yeah. was incredible. And the Pro Shot is every bit as good as that production. And it is just a brilliant musical. It's just brilliant. It's if you haven't seen it, please watch it. I don't know when it's going to come back here or anything like that, but mm-hmm. like take the opportunity to either watch the pro shot or listen to the soundtrack. It's brilliant. It's Phenomenal. really, really an exceptional show. Phenomenal. Now, yeah. hi. what's not exceptional is the pro shot of Diana the musical. Now, it would not seem to me that a tragic events such as diana's much of diana's life certainly in the public eye would have really lent itself to a movie musical particularly or sorry a pro shot musical 25 years or so after her her tragic death in paris yeah i again i just who who was asking for this why was it made that's, yeah, what, that's the first question you come away from it first why was it made yeah you know, because we've had a lot, like, there's, like, obviously, we had anyone who watches The Crown, like, season four of The Crown did a top-notch job mm. of telling the story of Diana. Apparently, there's now a new movie with Kristen Stewart that's coming out, which is also, but well, she's supposed to be very excellent in it as well. But it's just, like, I suppose that movie is, like, one, like, weekend in her life kind of thing. Mm. So it's a very kind of narrow window. So it allows you to kind yeah, of delve yeah. into it, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas this, you know, is kind of taking, I suppose, both the story that they're trying to tell her whole life story nearly and mm. then beyond. I just, I, I, yeah, I come back to the question, who asked for this? First of all, why are we getting so much Diana content? Surely, as you say, it is the answer nobody wanted to a question nobody, <laughs> nobody asked. asked. Exactly. Yeah, I think particularly Twitter is, is putting the lyrics through the mail at mm. the minute. The, yeah. Apparently the, uh, the libretto of the songs is quite weak. There's very little kind of poetry in it. They're very just matter-of-fact lyrics. Um, yeah, I, I think when you're dealing with something like that, that's quite yeah as i said a tragic b it's a story that's kind of close to a lot of people's hearts particularly in the uk Mm -hmm. that you ought to treat something like this kind of with kid gloves a bit you know you really need to treat it with care and i don't think it has gotten 
yeah a warm reception yeah because equally like it is important to know that this is a pro shot of a of a show that's not even actually open yet on on broadway i think it might be in previews but it's, right. it's due to yet to have its proper opening you know um and it is a it's a broadway show and again it's kind of one of these things kind of like you feel like if they're like a fine, whether you feel there should be or shouldn't be a musical about diana mm. you do feel it probably should have come from the west end and that it should yeah, be a uh, yeah. UK story. I d- immediately you know you're kind of like I don't trust an American producer with a story that you know is very close to people in the UK's hearts as yeah. opposed you know but this is probably like you know we don't need a line kick in the middle of it like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no we we certainly don't we certainly don't but I mean Look, let's say on the subject of crass Broadway productions, because <laughs> the Tonys yes. ha- were out last, sorry, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. They finally happened. Yeah. So these were the, these should have happened in June 2020, all things going according to plan. Yeah. They didn't. So we're well overdue. I mean, certainly one of the shows has been open for over two years <laughs> before Kessani, and that was Moulin Rouge. So we we talked about it when the nominations came out. Obviously, you know, a shortened season mm. for Broadway, you know, saw a lot of, in particular, musicals. And I'm not going out on a limb here mm. in saying that this was not a vintage year either for the Tonys no. or Broadway musical theatre. Definitely not for musical theatre. I think the plays were probably still of a very high quality, you know, just by the nature of plays, do mm. shortened runs, etc., etc. So there were still some very excellent plays produced. But yeah, it probably wasn't a, a vintage year. Yeah, hence for... my crass Broadway production. Crass Broadway production. <laughs> we had three musicals nominated, didn't we? There was. There was only three that... I mean, there was four eligible. R.I.P. Percy Jackson. <laughs> didn't, I was like, way harsh. Didn't, didn't pick up a single nom. Way not harsh. a single one. Yeah. Um, so only three of the four were actually that were eligible actually picked up anything so they're obviously Jagged Little Pill which picked up 15 nominations mm. Moulin Rouge just in behind it which picked up 14 and then Tina which is the story of Tina Turner which picked up 12 nominations so all of them essentially those three musicals got nominated in terms of like you know probably the production ones you know it was just those three so like you know your set design your costume your choreography etc etc and then equally actors and actresses from those making up the be it leading actress or supporting actress in actor categories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose kind of to set the scene going into it, obviously, you know, you had three shows with a lot of nominations and I suppose there was a an, a, a chance really that, oh, obviously because the record for wins at the Tony Awards for a musical is 12, which is still held by the producers. Mm-hmm. And there was probably talk of whether any of these musicals could challenge for that. or you know, Considering they were playing against a reduced field. Exactly. You know, now in fairness, Jagged Little Pill, even though it had 15 nominations, I think they came across 11 categories. So it actually couldn't do it. Mm. So they were doubling up in some categories. Yeah, so I think, I think in like Supporting Actress, they had three nominees and there there was two in Supporting Actress. So, yeah. they, they had, so they couldn't actually yeah. equal that. Moulin Rouge actually had the chance to beat it because it was 14 nominations across 13 categories. So it actually, if, it picked, if it won everything it was up for, it was it was going to take that, um, and Tina had the chance to equal it because it was twelve across twelve. Right, but a very outside chance, probably. Yeah. Yes. Um, I suppose look, starting at the top for best musical, the first time ever that all the nominees have been jukebox musicals. Mm. A sad day. A, sad, a very sad for, day. For <laughs> a musical going, theater, and say, the only original musical. Yeah. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, left outside. Pack your bags. In the cold. Yeah. But I suppose it's the only it's only the second ever jukebox musical to win the Tony Award for Best Musical. I was going to ask you, can you tell oh. me what the other, can you tell me what the other one is? For it some is, reason, I was going to say Hairspray. That was a really stupid answer. No, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that has the feel of a jukebox musical not being one though. 
it is within your it is within your lifetime because the concept of the jukebox musical is only twice 20 years old max okay Hmm. i mean mamma mia no that that was the but that that was a nominee i feel that was probably the first jukebox musical to actually be nominated for best musical you're you're in the right kind of in in terms of timing when the show came out not era as in well well, you're not far off in terms of the music itself jersey boys well done it is jersey boys very good very good yes jersey boys the only other winner back in 2006 wow Uh, i think i think open and then the last jukebox musical to even be nominated was uh beautiful which was back in 2014 carol king which is rock of ages not get a nomination did but that was that's pre 2014 oh, back yeah. to 2008 yeah i think other ones that were in there um so rock of ages has been in there um i did oh who else has been up for uh well i think of american idiot if you kind of class that as a well a that is because yeah, it is based off as well um and i think that was actually the same year as million dollar quartet which is all uh, yeah yeah, yeah, also. yeah so that was a, that was another that was the only other year i think there might have been multiple jukebox music there have been plenty there. of them in recent years plenty of them in recent years but they they don't tend to get much love mm. but uh the winner of that obviously was moulin rouge and moulin rouge went on to pick up 10 awards on the night wow which i thought was i suppose kind of surprising in the sense that i kind of thought even though we, there was mention of like oh can somebody break the records but i kind of thought they'd share the love equally across mm. all three kind of yeah. things certainly between jagged little pill and moulin rouge i thought there would be a bit kind of sharing and each of them might come away with about like you know five or six each you know kind yeah. of thing like mm. that but in the end they kind of went after you know they gave it all, all the love to Moulin Rouge so all the things like costume set choreography orchestration all went to Moulin Rouge I do believe it is a visual spectacle I didn't see and it on Broadway sense. but From I have I've heard very it. good reports exactly yeah but also I suppose in the in, at the end of the day it kind of probably is the show that you you know if Broadway's reopening now and they want to get bums on seats yeah I yeah. suppose of those three shows what's the one that you're going to put you know as the broadway league you're like okay we need we need revenue we need people i'm just going to give people a good time yeah are we going to do are we going to give it to a show based on you know alanis morissette's music which is not up to everybody's taste you know that deals with really mm-hmm. hard deals serious issues or after the nearly two years we put down at this stage we want people to come on to a big loud over the top yeah. colorful spectacle it seems like a straightforward choice. Exactly. Because on top of that, the Moulin Rouge brand after the Baz Luhrmann film, it's still quite strong. Yep. That yeah. film still has a lot of cachet to it, is a big fan favorite with, with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. there will have been a lot of people who haven't gotten to see it yet. Exactly. Who will yeah. want to. Who will want to go see it. And this will only add to that. So yeah. I think it makes it makes sense in terms of... Commercially, them, yeah. Yeah, for a best musical and for uh, uh, the Hatful of Awards and one. Obviously, no revival of a musical awarded this year because no revival was uh, was Ooh. seen in time. West Side yeah. Story had opened, but not enough Tony voters had seen it. So they couldn't make the eligibility. In terms of the leading... It was kind of funny. So obviously, leading actor in a musical, there was just one nominee, yeah. which was Aaron Tveit. And yet, weirdly, it wasn't a guarantee that he would win. Yes, and because they, he had to get a certain percentage exactly. and of they votes. Built, and what was even, that they built that up like when they were announcing the awards. So I think it was Courtney B. Vance and I can't remember who was presenting it with him. And they were kind of running down like, you know, and like, you know, he has to get, you know, 60% of the you know voting body have to approve. Yes. This <laughs> reminds me when you're in college and people are running for positions on the student union yeah. and there might be one person going, but you have a little box take go reopen nominations yeah. and <laughs> and you're wondering, will Ron beat them? Yeah. yeah. And they'd often put a little picture of like Ron Weasley yeah. in, 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 uh, instead of the picture of the candidate for reopen nominations. Oh. It was very clever. Uh, and you see, 
like that's far too enticing to me. I would have voted for Ron oh, Weasley for every Ron time. I think Ron, I think Ron just on the strength of the Ron Weasley brand did attract a <laughs> lot of votes. And, and I'm sure I would have gone around voting multiple times as well. Yeah, you know, stuff in the ballot box. Yeah, yeah. the whole shebang. Well, on turnout this... was low for student union elections generally. <laughs> I just. It might not come as a shock to you. What a shock. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but how did Aaron Tveit get on? Did he beat Ron? Ron did not win this <laughs> time around. Aaron Tveit <laughs> did for once. He managed. So he finally got his Tony Award, which is this is his first ever nomination. I mean, like, That's but, amazing. Which is strange for somebody who's like synonymous with Broadway and has been in yeah. several And a big name. And a big name in the world of musical theater. It's weird that this was his first. I mean, what circumstances to get it in? Yeah, and to win it, but I mean, fair play to him. Um, for best actress in a musical, went to Adrian Warren for Tina, for Tina Turner, the only Tony they won on the night. Mm. I think that's probably oh, wow, probably most likely if it was ever going to be a category that they were probably going to pick up a win in, it was probably that. You know, again, yeah. people love somebody playing somebody, someone from history. It's just yeah, people it's go a mad thing. for that. Um, for best featured actor in a musical, it went to Danny Burstein for Moulin Rouge. But this was his first win after seven nominations. Wow! wow. He never won before. He'd been nominated previously. It's a bit, a bit of a, a Peter O'Toole, a yeah. bit of a Glenn Close. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he finally broke that duck, which is gracie because he's been in like some great stuff on mm. Broadway. You know, I remember seeing him in South Pacific, like a shot, a, a shot of that from the Lincoln Center. He was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great to see that for him. Um, but. They're the kind of the big the big stories, really. Yeah. So ultimately, Moulin Rouge coming away with ten awards on the night, and hopefully, normal normal service will resume. Hopefully, normal service will resume. But congratulations to Moulin Rouge. Boop, boop. Mm. So from the dizzying heights and glamorous glitz of Broadway, right down to the no less wonderful local musical theater scene. It's it's to the dizzying glamour of the Irish musical theater scene. I would say. We have some news. I am disoriented by it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a couple of, of uh, concerts and events that I, I have seen on, on Facebook and people have been sharing with me to, to get their free plug in. So Galway University Musical Society have announced their two shows for this year. Very good. They're doing Carry the Musical, which I think is a great choice. Bloody great. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a book I'm reading again at the minute. It's so good. Um, mm. And... I actually might make the spin over to check that out because I've never seen the musical. Uh, so so I, yeah. I, might, I might give it a listen first to make sure I, it's <laughs> it's worth the petrol of the drive to Galway, but I'm sure I, they'll do I a great like job. I like it as it. a soundtrack. Um, and they're also doing a, a show that we will be very familiar with and, and other uh, audience members of the Odd Theatre Company, the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. What a show. Such a great show. Brilliant memories Aww. from our production news back in 2017 was in fact the Irish premiere. Yes. Uh, we also that's, that's going to be great. That's Aww. a brilliant show too. Yeah. Some, some of the best memories I think oh we had of doing God, shows. Just... It's just, I think there's, because there's so much improv involved, Yes, you can have a lot of crack. Oh, yeah. Particularly when you, you get on well as a group you can just play around with some of the lines yeah. it's it's fantastic yeah and the getting the audience members up on stage thing oh like brilliant. so it's good. so innovative so, so and i've never seen anybody do anything like it yeah no yeah it's it's they're so going, different they're like, going to have an amazing time and i really want to try and get to see that oh yes agreed any chance to relive it <laughs> <laughs> even if i care oh my god will we go up on stage because we know this we actually know the words I know. Oh, that would be amazing. 
amazing. The temptation is if real. there was somebody listening, if only somebody was listening, <laughs> the temptation is real. Don't pick either of these two yeah. jokers. <laughs> no, they'll no, derail your show trying to outshine oh, you. Oh, don't make me spell. Don't <laughs> make me spell. I know. I love spelling. <laughs> anyway, they'll just refuse to spell the words wrong and maintain themselves on stage till the bitter end to be the winner. Yeah, there's a there, there's a plan for that. Mm. Um, there's a plan for that. There it's is. in the script. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, else but, have we got? You've read the script. <laughs> if you've read the script, which <laughs> I, I have, albeit some years ago. Um, yeah, so we have Wexford Light Opera Society are, are hosting hits from the musicals in St. Iberius Church in Wexford on Monday 25th right through Thursday 28th of October. Lovely. Um, 8 p.m. nightly, so so that's obviously you know great to be back with a bang uh, of a concert. Yeah. Um, there's also an audience with David Hayes in the Theatre Royal in Waterford on Saturday the 6th of Very November. Very well-known musical director in the yes, Irish theatre scene he is indeed so it's called Stop Singing Tell the Story uh, it, it seems to be kind of an interesting kind of a, a Q&A and a, 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 a talk sort of an evening uh, unfortunately we won't be available to be there on the 6th of November because we, we will be taking part in Music of the Night Musical Theatre's Greatest Hits in the Riverbank Arts Centre uh, with Newbridge night. Musical Society yes. not an odd theatre no, it, it gets confusing to, to, to put on the different hats. But yes, yeah. with Newbridge Musical Society, um, yeah, we will be doing that concert. And I have to say... Primarily focused on the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes, it is indeed. And In anticipation of doing Evita in 2022. Yeah, that is the full plug reeled off <laughs> yeah. superbly. No one can say we didn't do our due diligence. <laughs> Mind you there, that gave me a thought though. Imagine an Oddcast concert. Ooh. Imagine Ooh. an Oddcast concert. If you would like that... Get in touch. Yes. <laughs> if you think that the Oddcast ought to put on a concert and think that you yourself might get involved, email us at theoddcast at oddtheatre.com or get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram at the Oddcast by Odd Theatre. Wrapping up then our local news. Yes, we have some exciting news, which is, I guess, tangentially related, but mm. at the co- it's something that I think... Uh, is at the core of the Ames community particularly. Yes, and something it, very close to the hearts of the Ames community. Yes, and that is that the Glen Eagle Hotel in Killarney has been awarded four-star status by Falch Ireland. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, like, I think it's fantastic news. They've had extensive renovations during uh, the COVID uh, downtime. So hopefully that will have a nice impact on, on the Ames weekend in 2022 and i can't wait to now vom outside a four-star hotel (laughs) i think we're moving up in the world oh so classy you know yeah no we're moving up in the world it's it's true there you go it's true aims bigger every year that's it bigger more glamorous more glamorous if you will the notions the pure notions i know you have to to clarity to yourself to a four-star, no to less. To a four-star and clarity, Jesus. Anyway, good to yourself. that's uh, obviously positive news. I'll, I look forward to ordering my French toast with bacon and maple syrup <laughs> whatever morning. Or maybe an omelette with chorizo and potato. What, uh, what, what four-star breakfast options do you want at the Glen Eagle? <laughs> Email us at the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was a question you were posing to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, eggs Benedict. Uh, <laughs> kippers and um, yeah, I was going to go for four star pizza when you said four star <laughs> breakfast oh, oh please noise, noise. Yeah, right sponsored by four star pizza uh, <laughs> now speaking of aims and oh, yeah. speaking yes. of celebrations of wonderful musical theatre performances in Ireland 
two weeks ago mm -hmm. we reached out and we said we would like to hear from you about what you thought were the greatest performances that you had seen in Irish musical theatre. And we got, it must be said, an overwhelming response mm -hmm. from all over the country. Yes. You were in touch with us on Facebook. You were in touch with us on Instagram. You emailed us. Uh, it was brilliant. And I want to read out some of those in kind of celebration of those performances. I, I don't know if I'm going to get to absolutely all of them yeah. because there were just an absolute hatful but I'm going to try and go through them now and in fairness, just allow people to, you know, bring some of their thoughts to maybe a wider audience. We heard from Deirdre Brown, Helena Begley as Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd with Clean Musical Society and also as uh, Mother Superior in Sister Act with Kilcock, Angela Clifford, Total Agreement, Sadie O'Reilly telling us Helena. It was a bit of a Helena Begley love-in at the start. <laughs> Uh, celebrating Eliza Doolittle much deserved. in My Fair Lady. Much deserved. Helene is a fabulous performer and has a, uh, a boatload of recognition from Ames to that fact. Aidan Fox, friend of the show, got in touch with us to say that Irene Malone from Carrick Musical Society in everything. He wasn't narrowing it down. But <laughs> best female performer he's ever seen. Hello Dolly, Evita, Chess, Sister Act, Into the Woods, etc. etc. And in fairness, uh, like Helena... Irene Malone, I think, has been well celebrated by the Association of Irish Musical Societies. It might, like, it might sound weird, but if there was like somebody on like the Ames kind of circuit that I really want to see, it is Irene Malone. I really want yeah. to. I really <laughs> want to go see Irene in a show because I just I've heard so much about her, and she just used to be such a phenomenal performer. Then I'm like, I need to. I really want to see this. <laughs> I, I know. Really I feel this very basic that we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Kim Queerney. Says Kevin Fagan as Michael Collins in Michael Collins, a musical drama with Cool My Musical Society, a performance I did see actually, and it was superb. Yeah, uh, his Cork accent <laughs> was. You were very impressed. I was very well. As a man who was born in the Rebel County and has, has a, has a, a Cork large passport. portion of his family there, I'm I'm pretty well acquainted with the accent. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, he really nailed that. But the whole performance was was fantastic. Vinnie Osborne was talking about the brilliance of Carl's, Carl Dawson in The Addams Family. First time he saw someone worthy of winning Best Comedian, Actor and Singer, he says. Hi, that again was an excellent performance. Deirdre Brown was back on to talk about Owen Cannon, Sharon Sexton and Claudia Boyle uh, in Jekyll and Hyde. Absolutely amazing. Very, very special. She says Alan McClarthy told us that Una Culkin as Mother Superior in Port Rush Musical Society's Sister Act was so superb he failed to see how any professional could have been better. Vinnie Osborne back on to us to give a little bit of a plug to our own Daniel Ryan. Oh, I, I, I know. <laughs> Sweetness and pie. I couldn't disagree more. Um, As I said to Vinnie, there are no wrong answers, but that was the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Rush talked about Giles Murray as Judas in Letterkenny Musical Society's Superstar as being the one exceptional performance that she saw. And Roz in Letterkenny Musical Society's 9 to 5, Maria Rush herself was uh, a superb performance. So Giles Murray repaying the favor there. <laughs> Muriel Downey asked us to mention Nace Musical Society's Sister Act. Blonde and McCann talked about Des Manhan in Cats. Berth Carruthers said Bronwyn Andrews in Teachers Musical Society's Sweeney Todd, which in fairness, another 
excellent performance. Fabulous. And we also had mentions of Kieran O'Connor as Shay in Letterkenny Musical Society's Evita. Oh, and I think given our geographic location yeah. of Newbridge Musical Society's The Campbell Family in particular were talking about singing in the rain and the rain falling on the stage. Yeah. Your pops, Adam, <laughs> his Gethsemane in Newbridge's Jesus Christ Superstar got a particular mention, as did Jill O'Brien's Tale as Old as Time in Newbridge's 2012 Beauty of the Beast. Rachel Kearns also got in touch with us to talk about Clay Sweeney Todd in 2012, just the whole production. Yeah. In fairness, I saw that. It was mm. unbelievable. He was a friend um, of the show, Rory Dunn, as Sweeney Todd himself. Yeah, friend of the show, Rory Dunn, as Sweeney yeah. Todd, uh, and Ames winning performance. Yeah. And Melissa Kenny, a little bit of an older shout-out, Aideen Panisi in Nace Musical Society's Clown there. Yeah, from uh, 1998. Obviously, it was an excellent performance, if, if it's still <laughs> firmly in the memory. Yeah, you know? obviously, it's, it's a while ago, but nice to see a, an Irish musical, Peter Kennedy, of course, yeah. the composer of Clown. Nice to see that get mentioned. We also had a couple more, didn't we? We did on the Instagram as well. This is great to get all this, all this people just like, you know, <laughs> commenting and etc. across multiple platforms. It was fantastic to see coming in over the last couple of weeks. Um, so Paul Brown gave a shout out to Tony Carty from Wexford Light Opera Society for Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. Having seen Tony in like a few shows, but I mean, he's an awesome performer. So mm-hmm. I've noticed mm-hmm. that his, his Jekyll and Hyde were phenomenal. Um, and then we also had Vinny. Vinny, not, not content with just facebook as well he was also on the instagram as well um, and he gave a shout out to a good few people so mags jacob from curtains for hxt which was brilliant i remember seeing mags in that it was absolutely fantastic Shona sullivan in children of eden gene burke in the hired man julie donnelly in sister act mm. um and then he might be a little bit biased but obviously everything his lovely wife sharon osborne has ever done yeah <laughs> which i <laughs> to be fair 100% backing there <laughs> and that was just for the women For the, on the men's side then he also gave a shout out to Kevin Fagan as well for Michael Collins John Sweeney in The Hired Man Pat McElwain in The Drowsy Chaperone which I believe is like stuff of legend Pat's performance in that show like, yeah, it's yeah. Like right up there and it's a super show absolutely and again giving a shout out to Carl Dawson as well for Adam's Family I mean Carl is just so good in yeah. anything I've ever super seen him in performer yeah and I mean as I said, we can't get to everything, but I do want to close by reading out an email, or sorry, a portion of an email that we received from Aaron Field, a uh, long-time listener of the show. He says, you have a great fan in me, and I look forward to every time the podcast comes out. Thank you very much, Aaron. He wanted to talk about the performance of Michael Green as Jason in Bear, a pop opera in the then-named CIT Musical Society. Uh, he says, I saw the production twice, On both occasions, the audience reaction to him was electric. This young man had us like putty in his hands from the moment he opened his mouth, and he comfortably brought us with him on an incredible journey. One minute, he would have us laughing and smiling and rooting for his relationship with his onstage boyfriend, and the next, we were all sobbing uncontrollably as the character spiraled out of control, fought viciously with his own sexual identity, and ultimately ended his own life. To date, I have never been to a production where you could audibly hear the whole audience, and this, my friends, was no exaggeration, sobbing during a performer's final ballad. Well, no higher praise than that. High praise indeed. It must be said. So, clearly, absolutely exceptional. I think what the great thing about this is you have all of these performances down the years that were so touching and so memorable and so evocative and so brilliant that we're able to recall them and celebrate them years later. That's the brilliance of it. 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, for most people, I think those performances stick out, and they certainly do in my mind, far more than perhaps some of the performances in professional theatre that I've seen. Oh, God, yeah. I think when it's local, when it's in your community, when it's people that you know and meet, there's something much more special about it. I think it's easy to think of a professional actor as somebody who's a bit of a chameleon who can kind of become somebody else on stage. Mm -hmm. I think... Well, they're doing, when it's, they're doing a job. Like, you they're know, doing it's, a it's job. It's their job. And like, you know, like no no more than anybody else when they're doing their job. There's days when you're just like, I'm getting in, get doing my stuff yeah. and go home. Whereas like, you know, for these people, like, you know, it's their it's their hobby, but like, it's, their, it's something they're really passionate about. And but it's something I think it's when, they're like, brilliant it's, at. It's someone who is working in town and yeah. they're able to go on stage in front of, you know, a couple of hundred people every night and give this incredible performance. And then go back to, you know, work the following day in yeah. the office or in the shop or wherever. Yeah. yeah. You go, that's, in- it's just incredible. Yeah. It really is. And it's, it's certainly worth celebrating. But I can't let it go by without getting your takes on what is the best performance that you have seen. Who Are we going mm. back to the usual of Adam going first? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... I'm happy to let you take Why not, Dan? Okay. New year new, new year, me, new me. <laughs> right <laughs> exactly i'm changing it up we'll let you go first what is the best performance that you've seen i mean i get so i mean i'm pretty sure as everyone probably thinks it's very tough obviously because there's is. so many fantastic performers but i suppose the one for me that still kind of sticks out in my mind and it was probably you know like that it was the first time i saw someone on stage who just came in and who just delivered it like so unbelievably brilliantly that mm. you're like in in the kind of way like you're like how is this person not like a professional like you know like they're as good as anyone i've ever seen on the west end and for me that was um jen mcgann in follies with o'connell musical society wow which i think was 2015 i believe and like i mean like anyone who saw that show and anyone you know like and knows anybody involved with it like i mean like it as a as a front line and as like a cast in general like it was absolutely stacked with so much talent but i just thought i just thought it was so kind of just captivating like you know just every it was really just every single thing that she did you knew that she had just thought about it so much it was just perfectly placed it was so well delivered because follies is like you know it's a tough show like obviously it's Mm. i mean it's sondheim for starters and then it's a you know it's an odd kind of format it's a an odd story it's a strange one i think if you're not really familiar with it exactly And and like a lot of shows like that you know if if you're not fully committed and you're not fully on it, you can just end up sitting there and just passing time watching it. Whereas any time that she was on stage, so she was playing Phyllis, and literally any time she was on stage, she was so believable. You could just totally, mm. you totally got, you know, the she just blended that emotions. Obviously, like the joy of coming back to the theatre, but obviously any of these, you know, little hints of like, you know, the struggles that Phyllis was having in her personal life and her marriage and all that stuff. And she just, she just brought it out so it clearly but still brilliantly it was just it was the first time i've ever watched somebody be like wow it it just it took it to another level mm. this idea of doing something like this as like your hobby you know it yes just because just you do it as your hobby doesn't mean that you can't take it seriously doesn't mean that you can't put your all into it and doesn't mean that you know you can literally just turn up to rehearsal and you do it and then you don't think about it when you go away it, it was so obvious that she had thought about this so much and it just for me as so i was just saying it, it, it basically was, for me i was just like Oh, that's that's what I want to be like. I yeah. want to be. I want to be as good as she is. I want to be as good as other people come away thinking that 
that I'm as good as that. Amazing. Inspirational. Yeah. So Mup Gen. Fantastic. Mup? Mup. You want to explain that to the listeners? Uh, it's just a general good on you. Oh, kind of like Jenaboo. Jenaboo. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Mupaboo. All right, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a tough one to follow. Uh, yeah, but good. But I, I'll pick. <laughs> don't one bother. Slightly. I mean, if you don't think you can, <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick one slightly closer to home uh, for a kind of um, for very selfish reasons because this was the the show that I saw that made me kind of decide that I didn't want to be on the audience side of the stage mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. I had kind of done shows in school and taken five or six years away from it during college and went back to work uh, or when i started work i should say after college yeah um and then um you know like had gotten the habit of just seeing you know a, a show or two each year sure. and kind of went to see this show this was newbridge's sweeney todd in 2017 so mm-hmm. obviously have the bias of my dad was was sweeney todd but he was excellent um well to be it, fair said, he was excellent uh, he, he picked up a names nod for uh, for that one uh he for, certainly uh, for did best actor um, and he was opposite, you know, Helena uh, Begley, who we've already mentioned, and her Mrs. Lovett and Klein was ex- was exceptional, and as was her performance in Newbridge. E- equally it was, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole front line was great, and the chorus was fantastic, but I guess for me, I was sitting there, and come the interval, I would have very happily have gone in behind the stage and joined for the second act. Yeah, Despite yeah, yeah. having, you know, like knowing none of the words and, and uh, none of the movements. But that, you know, like since then, I, I have not let the chance go by to do a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... That's why I'm picking that one. Exceptional. Yeah, and it was. It was a brilliant, uh-huh. brilliant show. I know. And like, I remember, I remember seeing it because I, I couldn't do it that year either. And I know I'm totally biased, but I genuinely thought it was of such an unbelievable oh, standard. Yeah. Like, it really was. Like, like I, have no pro- I have no problem slamming stuff. Even my own friends are in. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, and, me neither. And in fact, sometimes I, and I enjoy sometimes it I do more. it just for the crack. Yeah. And no, that was just, that show was just chef kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Keen. Right. Tell us. I've seen a lot of brilliant performances over the years. But when you think of something that was gobsmacking, that's probably the way I describe it. I actually think of Corey Kilduff as Roxy Hart Mm -hmm. in Athlone Musical Society's Chicago in 2019. And from the moment she walked on stage, my jaw was probably hanging down mid-chest level at the quality of her performance and it didn't stop until the standing ovation at the end it was unbelievable yeah she was just you know the voice the comedy the dancing the like the acting in particular there was this one scene she reached for the gun you know that where there's yeah. Yeah. she's the puppet and i'd never seen anything like it yeah. it was absolutely transfixing i i was completely blown away and she is always an exceptionally good performer but that was one that i kind of sat back and said well what was the best it was pretty much straight to the forefront of my mind yeah i go oh my god it was so good (laughs) and i've seen so many good performances over the years because obviously like you dan not so much you adam i've seen a lot of (laughs) musical theater in ireland and i I keep when I think about what was the closest I had seen to like perfection on stage, I I kind of feel like that was it, and I've seen so many good things. I think of so many great shows over the years, but way too many to mention. Yeah, but you got to pick one, and and that's that's it for me. It was just yeah, magnificent. Totally agree. Really magnificent. Fantastic, fantastic picks. 
fantastic, fantastic piece. We'll give all ourselves a pat on the back. And of course, thank you very much to everybody who got in touch with us to give us all of their answers. In fact, I'll, I'll give you one more. Liam Mullen got in touch with us to say all of your performances about the odd theater company liam thank you very much that 20 euro isn't the post (laughs) (laughs) all right we have one more topic to talk about before we love you and leave you this week and this is something that i know is close to both of your hearts isn't this isn't that fair to say it's something that i think you think about nearly every time you walk into a theater isn't that true Mm -hmm. absolutely and that is what adam that is theater etiquette we'll call it theater etiquette and like yeah. pet peeves so yeah. uh, i was inspired to kind of chat about this i saw a post in a facebook group i'm in uh, which it's it's mostly uk based but it's kind of around the world it's called the musical theater appreciation society uh, mm. and someone was in there posting about their, they had the worst theater experience they ever had uh, recently on the reopening wow. of theater they were seeing bad out of hell and the people behind them were singing along to all of the songs, obviously mm-hmm. it being a famous yeah, yeah, yeah. musical. And so the question was put, are you allowed to sing along in a theatre? And th- the conversation then spiralled to, well, if you're not allowed to sing along, you know, are you allowed to, you know, like uh, open noisy sweet packets? Um, mm. Like all of these things. So I guess the question I have for you guys and for, for the listeners to get in touch with us again is what do you think is acceptable to do in a theatre? And more to the point, what have you seen in previous uh, theater experiences that you just thought was way across the line? What's the worst kind of ignoring of theater etiquette you've ever seen? Mm. Or even any like nasty practices that you've seen like creeping in and mm. you know, yeah. no, I don't believe in this. Dan, what grinds your gears? Oh, I mean, top of the list, I think it has to be kind of around standing ovations. Mm. I just, it's, it's just, it, it yeah, it's just, it's just come from kind of like people who don't understand what a standing ovation means. And okay. essentially people and people will just stand up for anything. Mm. And yeah, it just it, it just and now it's kind of like, well, how do I bloody show appreciation for something like you're going to stand up for tree number four over there? If you stand for every show, yeah, it loses. It, its it just doesn't yeah. mean anything, you yeah. know, and I, I'm going to come in behind you. 100% on this I just, because I just, it's something now, that now what so now what do you show now what do you show for somebody who clearly is because now if it's kind of like oh we have to we have because we up. applause after a show in yeah. order to show appreciation well, that's why people for the performance applaud. on stage that's why people applaud like. and when you think something is so beyond the norm yeah. in terms of the quality of the performance you stand up yeah. but every single show that I've gone to both professionally and an amateur now almost exclusively features a standing ovation at the end oh yeah and you're right that seems excessive yeah i think like in these current times right now like i mean i totally get it because everyone's just so delighted to be back out again and like in a theater so i totally get it now but like you know in a pre-pandemic we're like you know and then i suppose so then i suppose then there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with standing up and there's nothing wrong with it i'm not saying that people shouldn't do it but then if you don't you nearly feel like a, a like a freak, of course, or like you yeah. feel so awkward, and you're kind of like, no, I'm 
I know like I'm it's not that I didn't appreciate I'm here clapping my hands. If I didn't like anything, I wouldn't clap my hands. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I do enjoy it, but I want to save it for and I usually do, and it's what I started mm. doing. And I say people are probably like that prick. But like I'll if there was an individual in a show who I'm like, no, they deserve standing ovation. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I would happily wait three or four minutes of bows and then when they come out, I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I'm standing up for this person because they were clapping. And then sit back down again. And then I sit back down again <laughs> <Yeah>. with the <laughs> But I think I think you're right. I think there has to be something left in the back pocket to show that exceptional level yeah. of appreciation because there, for there a, always a is there's always somebody in a show and, well no not always sometimes it can be like you yeah. know, trash from start to finish but like you know <laughs> sometimes but there is usually one person you want to be like yeah no, you you in particular or there are some phenomenal. there are some shows that are so phenomenal that you want to get up at the end Absolutely. straight away there's shows that i've wanted to stand up at like half time after the actual i'm yeah. like yeah this is class but honestly most of the time that i go to see a show it's good but it's not one of the exceptional shows that I've seen in my lifetime. And therefore, I'm inclined to feel like, look, I'm just going to sit and applause and thank them for the very good job that they've done. But it's not so moving that I'm actually like, I have to get up out of my seat. I actually, Mm -hmm. there's so much appreciation in me. I have to be standing for it. Yeah. 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 Do you know what really annoys me? I'll tell you one experience that I had, right? Which was, I went to see Aladdin on Broadway. First mistake, you might say, and it was. Yeah. But. Fuck <laughs> you, mistake. The group of about four women sitting behind me decided that they were going to bring in their McDonald's Happy Meals in bag and eat them during. They came in, I think, a little bit into the first scene of Aladdin and just started eating them and chatting away to each other as they were eating the mcdonald's I, and i said what is this <laughs> yeah see I'm... like this is a broadway theater <laughs> yeah, what that's, the heck that's, that's like, my question how did they get it in how did they the get place? mcdonald's in i i look i am as maybe listeners to this show might appreciate a reasonably intolerant person yeah <laughs> and i have no time for any sort of talking whatsoever if you're late even a picosecond late you should be locked outside the door i i was in i went to see no time to die new james bond like there was someone there with their phone out during it like you know like taking pictures of their popcorn i I don't know who they need to share that with who's never seen a picture of popcorn before (laughs) but and and who's giving that a like by the way yeah who's if you like a picture of popcorn shame on you like, even if it's lamenting that you can't get pick and mix anymore. I don't care. Yeah, I don't want to see the popcorn. Which is a fair lament. That's but write a lament. That's the real Sing casualty. it. Record it professionally. Don't, you <laughs> don't know. Don't do it now. Don't do it now. <laughs> but, I like, all that kind of stuff. I sort of feel like once you sit down, get in your seat early, sit down. Shut up. STFU. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh. Don't open your gob for any reason other than to kind of applause and whoop at the end. Yeah. That's, I mean, uh, that, that's my, and I have, I don't care, right? I have no time for singing along. I was going to say, yeah, that's like, what are you doing? Clapping what along. Doing? Uh, no, no, this is not a, this is not a knees up. This coming, this coming up, we're three very grumpy people. No, but we just, just like, when you, there's, there's rules when you go to the theater and these aren't, just, singing along. Like I, oh, what the fuck now? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Although man. fair play to anybody who's singing along to yeah, Bad Out of Hell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Or in the, in a room with professional singers and you're like, Yeah, no, I'm gonna join them. It's like don't. It's like have you heard the key that some of those songs are <laughs> yeah. the keys of 
Meatloaf was like a held in tenor at that yeah, time yeah, in yeah. his life. He's <laughs> serious range going on. If anybody is able to sing that in the original octave, I love you. I love. I'm I nearly inclined in that one instance to say, by the way, go for it if you think you can make. It. <laughs> think I, you can I love make how, it. I love how you think they were in the right key. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> right, key, right octave, the whole shebang. Right. I do in terms of like the Big Mac at Aladdin. <laughs> I love the energy. I really do. I no, love, I, I but, love the journey of bringing a Big Mac into a Broadway show. Yeah. But again, I, I come back to how do they even get it across the threshold? Like. But that's it. I kind of go like, what what were the ushers doing? Yeah. Unless, uh, unless it, see, then it's kind of like, oh, maybe it was like up a jumper, down some pants. And no, like, it might have been. You don't want pants burger. No, Madonna's pants like, burger. You don't want a pants burger. I don't know. It's Not It good. really, really annoys me um, to see that. Because the problem is there's kind of a social contract isn't there when you go into a theater and that everybody agrees to behave in a certain way yeah. and you can kind of get away with acting outside of that social contract if you want and and not really much is going to happen to you but you just have to exercise a degree of self-control yeah like put away your phone seriously put away your phone for two and a half hours be a better version of yourself don't talk yeah. to, do you know what? i was at blood brothers in the board gosh just before February 2020 with Rebecca Storm, friend of the show. And I was, we were at that, that kind of that penultimate moment where we're just before, tell me it's not true, right? Very tragic moment in the yes. show, mm. right? Two women beside me burst out laughing. Potentially a nervous laughter, I don't know. Because it is quite a dramatic, intense part of the show. But you go, that has ruined for me the kind of the emotionality in the yeah, moment yeah. i'm completely taken out of the absorption on stage i'm now back in a theater with two gobdaws who are laughing <laughs> at something which is very very sad because they yeah. don't i don't know do. for whatever reason and it puts can put the actors off yeah it ruins the moment for people sitting around them and you're like shut up if you cannot express a scene appropriate emotion <laughs> D- don't express anything yeah it just annoys me annoys me no end and this obviously would have been a much more dynamic segment if one of us was saying you know it's carpe diem man do what you want <laughs> well we can go away and think about it yeah and get some get uh, like we'd love the listeners to obviously like well we would love to hear from you are we wrong yeah are we wrong are we too stuck up Thinking of the theatre as a glorified library with entertainment? <laughs> Tell us. Tell Email it. us at theoddcast at oddtheatre.com or get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram at theoddcast by Odd Theatre. We will read out your thoughts. We will give them a fair hearing. And uh, we would absolutely love to hear from you because we know that theatre is a pretty broad church. Not all of us share the same <laughs> opinions. <laughs> And if you think there should be a little more fun and liveliness injected into the the audience experience at a musical theatre show, then by all means, let us know. Let us know. All right. Okay. So I think that wraps it up for this episode of The Oddcast. I've just told you how to get in touch with the show. And please do. We'd love to hear from you. So until the next time, however... Stay classy, folks. See you soon. <laughs>